Anime Pulse, episode 574. And yes, there's no music. Because uh, as uh, my co-host here has pointed out, people don't like the intro music. Oh, you're just gonna just, before we find a replacement. You're just gonna like leave a gap there for now. Yeah, there you go. People wanna oh, okay. wanna wanna complain about it. Okay, there you go. No music. Now you get the uh, <laughs> straight into the show. And if uh, you wanna suggest any music, well, you can do so in the comments of the show. Uh, remember, it has mm-hmm. to be royalty free, so none of that. Like, oh, put Michael Jackson's Thriller at the beginning, or how about how about Godsmack's uh, just. But, you know, uh, anything and no. Mm -hmm. The reason we got in hot water before is because we were using the OPs to different anime. And so Welltall got a cease and desist order. And so thus we have no longer been doing that. That's why also he doesn't do any editing Mm -hmm. to the show either. He doesn't Mm -hmm. add anything in because he doesn't want to Mm -hmm. put in the work defining this stuff. I put in the work to finding something that I thought would work, but apparently people don't like it. And I really like that touch with the when we actually were doing the anime like openings of what we were covering in the show that day as well when we were doing it back then. But you know, we don't have the same luxury that um, you know, for instance, video game pulse has where like in video games you generally won't get in too much trouble, especially if it's like a cover of like a retro game song, and people kind of get the the idea. But with anime, they're super protective about copyright with the openings of the bands and stuff like to the point where Crunchyroll or whatever can't subtitle their openings for some of like the stuff they show on their site because something to do with the rights of the the subtitles being owned by record companies separate to the anime companies it's complicated and shit so yeah yeah well and, and likely kind of boring too yeah if, if anyone out there is interested in sending us suggestions for royalty free a DMA free music that we can use on the intro, something that's anime themed, you know, like uh, the current one I was using was uh, DBZ themed. Now, I know we don't talk about DBZ here nearly as much as Ichigo and Bauto used to do, but you know, it's still anime. Um, it is, and it's st- and the fusion dance features in the like the segment, segue yeah. like sound clip, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, we still when we do a fusion review, we still have the fusion sound clip. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, so, there, there's all those things. So if you wanna, you wanna make your suggestion, go right ahead. Until that point, I am no longer going to do an intro music. It saves me a bit of work. Yeah. Okay. Cool. There we go. So yeah, comment it or even like put. I'll I'll also mention it in the next forum post. So please post them in forums as well if that also works for you. Or email them, uh, to. Was it Red, Unit, uh, 10 Red Unit 10 at, anime? at yep. anime-pulse.com or um, yep. is it Andrew Chan? Or did you get one? No, just Andrew. No, it's just Andrew. Yeah, it's, Andrew it's, at it's just Andrew. anime-pulse.com. Yeah. Or just stuff in general. You can just, you don't, it doesn't even have to be related to the opening thing. You can message anything and I'll probably still read it out at some point. Yep. When we you get can to tell us how much stuff, you hate but, the show. Yep. It's fine. We'll take hate mail. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take it our strides. Yep. Anyways. Yeah, anyways, shall we move right into the show? Oh, by the way, I'm uh, your host, Red Unit, or Red Unit, yeah. I'm your host, Joseph, and got me saying it now. And uh, the, joining <laughs> me as he has been is Andrew Chan, my co-host. Yes, yes, yes. Moving, yep. Let's yes. be here. And so let us get into some IRL news. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'll still use uh, cue cards, so you'll still get little yeah. intermission music. So if you're hearing that mm-hmm. little like, congratulations, it's still there. Yeah, yeah, it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my IRL news is that it's a three day weekend for me, boys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, last nice. weekend I had off because of my birthday on Friday. Mm-hmm. This weekend I have off on Monday because it's Labor Day. The day ah, of no labor, labor where we appreciate everybody by doing no work. That's nice. Mm. Yeah. It sounds Christian derived, like in terms of like where it's come from, it's like source or something. Or labor Day. Is it based on that? The first Monday in September is the celeb- or is the creation of the labor movement and is dedicated oh, to the okay. social and economic achievements of American workers. It constitutes a yearly national tribute to the contribution workers have made to the strength, prosperity, and the well-being of our country. America. Fuck yeah. America. Yeah. See, you learn more than more than just about Japan animation here on Anime Pulse. You learn about, about American history, too. I learned something you there myself, not being from the States. So. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I have off tomorrow, so I get to sleep in and stay up late tonight. Probably just pass out at 12 like I did last night, where I was just like, must complete fake grand order round two. Ooh, I, complete, as in... Yeah, there's a an event going on right now called uh, Fate Prism Ilya, which features the uh, lolly characters from uh, Fate Grand... Or Fate... Stay Ilya, Fate, Prism, Ilya, whatever, whatnot. It's that magical girl show uh-huh. based around fates. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that one. That one has, like, Yuri stuff in it. Yes, indeed, it does. It and uh, yeah. so <laughs> this one, um, you're doing a bunch of magical girl stuff, and you're, uh, you end up actually getting a uh, Chloe at the end of the event. So uh, if you if you oh. want a tanned lolly with... You know, pale eyes. Well, you're on the right track with Fake Grand Order Prism Ilya, something or another, and get a copy of her. Woohoo! Nice. If you're lucky enough, you know. Well, you can't do anything with her because the FBI will show up. Dunk, dunk, dunk. FBI, open up. Do not. Yes, be careful about that, you know. (laughs) They they accept no responsibility for any arrests that occur (laughs) as a result of downloading characters. It's in the terms and conditions. You, You accepted it when you downloaded it. Yeah. It's not my I fault, officer. She is on coming on to me. <laughs> Why she call you master? Uh. No, because I am her master. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Mm-hmm. Then they get then they open the hard drive and it gets worse and worse. <laughs> yeah. And then your dojin gets you know held up in customs and <sighs> such a oh, pain. Yeah. Oh that story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Plus, also, when you get the lolly, you have to, like, prevent her from going certain areas <laughs> in your in your uh, your organization mm-hmm. because some of the servants that you summon are <laughs> a little a little strange around cute girls. <laughs> would, would be a bad influence, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. they're like uh, the one that comes to mind is Blackbeard, who is like oh. super much super very like weeb and uh-huh. he has this almost 
<laughs> almost everybody knew that legal <laughs> legal issue causing favorite. thing about little uh-huh. like cute girls and and whatnot and uh-huh. <laughs> he's just or like it's just like oh boy blackbeard here we go again uh, you know i'm I'm almost half surprised they didn't turn blackbeard into like a lolly moly girl themselves anyway they do it fair. enough with enough girls like you know da vinci is uh a lolly attila the hun is or da vinci's a lolly <laughs> da vinci is a beautiful girl basically da vinci was like i can be anything i want so i choose to be the mona lisa because she's the pinnacle of beauty and so i knew they're gonna do that yeah is the mona lisa I and then that. attila the hun is mm-hmm. also a girl um of course uh uh as we all know uh saber who is uh shit um Mm-hmm. Crap! Why well, can't I think of her name? British King Arthur, King Arthur, also a girl. Uh, there's a lot of historical play arounds. I don't think there's anyone who's known to be a girl that's actually a guy in this one thus far. A lot of it's like they're <laughs> full-on no, guys. No. Let's make him a girl. Yeah. Um, although they yeah. do have traps in it, they have a French well, guy go. who was like a spy. Mm-hmm. Who would dress up in women's uh-huh. clothings, and so he's in there, Charles de Chevalon or something like that. At least that one's partially historically accurate. You can give him that. All right. Are you collecting a bunch of the traps? Um, I would like to, but they're kind of higher tier characters to try oh. to get your hands on. So, uh, of course, they're behind the paywall. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anyways, back to IRL, IRL news. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. What has been going on? I had a pretty good walk last night. Uh, Sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. not such a great time at the subway I go to. See, the problem is they got a bit of a uh, infestation of flies right now. Um, and I actually couldn't stay there on Wednesday because I was just like, there's, there's too many. So I wrote an email to Subway Corporate, like I did the first time I went to the Subway because they had an infestation. And I went there again on Saturday, and it had been it had gotten better because I called in earlier and I was like, "Hey, you know, are you guys? Did you get rid of that fly problem? You know me. It's it's Joseph." And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's better. It's better." I'm like, "Okay." So uh-huh. I go up there. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's better, but it's still got a ways to go. Like the. You know, they need to do like a full shutdown fumigation of that place and like proper get some... quarantine it off. Get the yeah, people in like, the spacesuits in there with the you know, gas. If they just canister. let me in there. I'd get rid of all their flies because I have a thing with flies or any kind of flying creature. Give me a can of raid. Give me half an hour. I will clean that place out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Expert exterminator now. Oh, I am. When it comes to flies, I'm like a fucking cat. I'm like, it's over there in the corner. Left, right, it's up, down, up, over there, now. And then, like, it's just like, <laughs> I could get the fucking chopsticks out uh, and just catch them. Like, gotcha. Fucking gonna kill you mm. now. Fucking flies. I hate any kind of flying insect. It's just fucking fuck off. There are only some insects I'm okay with, like, buzzing around and landing on me. Ladybugs, uh-huh. for one. Where it's like, ah, oh, you eat cute. other yeah, bugs. Go fuck them up, ladybug. Yeah. Or, yeah. uh, yeah. maybe, uh, what else? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, what else is it? oh dragonflies 
Dragonflies I'm okay with. I had one of those land on me one time, and I was like, oh, cool, you eat other bugs. You're also cool looking. Go fuck them up, Dragonfly. I don't really get dragonflies around where I live, but uh, yeah, no, they We get they a shit ton of them right. over here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Dragonfly or, they're almost mm-hmm. like, in Japan, you get cicadas. In upstate New York, you get dragonflies. You also get fireflies. Ah, right. You know what you also get in like Japan? You get those 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 like hornets that are huge and Fuck they sting you. that so. giant hornet. Yeah. Get out of here with hornet. that. It's like, nope. Nah. Nope. Then again, in America, you get those killer bees. And stuff as well. So yeah, only in the those. southern states. Right now, they're limited okay. to the southern states. Uh, the killer, yeah, the Africanized bees because uh, yeah, uh, they're, they're like very furry and they're orange and they're like they're super aggressive. Yeah, they they're killer yeah. bees specifically because they, uh, like a wasp, can stab you over and over and over again with their uh, abdomen without dying. <laughs> as a normal bee will stab you and then it loses its abdomen and you're dead. Well, they're yeah. they're dead. So they're using. Yeah, so the, these ones have used the infinite ammo cheat. They're 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 bad at business. Then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've been mm-hmm. thus far enjoying my uh, couple days. I've been playing Overwatch. I've done. Uh, there's a new challenge out called uh, the. Is it the Nitro Cola? It's not Nuka Cola because that's Fallout. No. But there's a oh. a new um, event out. That followed up a uh-huh. new trailer that Blizzard put out for Overwatch, which uh, kind of talks about D.Va's origin. And oh. one of her things is that she has this Coca-Cola product, basically, where when you pop the cap, she's like, Mama, yeah, enjoy. And uh, <laughs> and so they do a new challenge where you, like, you earn skins and stuff like that. But you also earned uh, you earned sprays if you watched... Um, Overwatch uh, streamers playing the game, certain Overwatch streamers, and your account for Twitch was linked to your Blizzard account, which mine is uh-huh. now. And I okay. have a bunch of really cute diva sprays. So I'm pretty happy about that. Had to watch eight hours of streamers playing, you know, relatively good games of Overwatch, but at the same time, you could you could also just do what I did, and it's like, all right, I'll load up this streamer channel, I'll put it on mute, and let it run in the background. <sighs> <laughs> oh, okay, got a, got a good system there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> um, still playing Fate Grand Order. Mm-hmm. Uh, still just claiming my orbs in the morning at uh, Fate's Day or Fire Fate Emblem. Uh, Fire Emblem. Yeah. Fire Emblem. <laughs> Fate's Day Emblem here. Fate, yeah. Fate, 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 Fate. Oh, Fire Emblem, right. Fire Grand Order. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so any, becoming any almost... Uh, not really the new banner that got nope. put out. The one with... Uh... Legendary Marth. Yes. Yeah. It also had... Uh... No, no, no. The newer, newer one. Um... It's like a brand new banner that came out. It has like a bunch of the big heroes, like Lucina is oh, one wait. of them. Oh right, that's the brave. Yeah, that's the brave one from last year. Yep. So that yeah. one's back, yeah. and so I tried for Lucina again. Yeah, I didn't get her. So I was like, eh, ah, whatever. I see. I, see. I basically yeah, my been really just... lucky. He's got every version of Lucina now. 
Uh, yeah, she did manage to kill her. So. Saving up my orbs, waiting for that moment when Tharja comes back with a vengeance. It's like, by the way, I'm mm-hmm. in a bikini now. It's like, get over here. Mine. <laughs> Give me. Yeah. I'll waste all my orbs. You and be need like, one for every season. I didn't I didn't get her. I will have my team of just Tharja, and then I'll play the game again, or I'll just be like, all right. So I got Christmas Tharja, I got normal Tharja, I got wedding Tharja, I got bikini Tharja, and I got my Tharja. <laughs> and you've got Tharja Tharja? I got Tharja Tharja. Yes. Or maybe I got like Hexmaniac Tharja, which would be the mm-hmm. ultimate pairing where it's just like, Nintendo, you can do it. You, ha- you, you have Pokemon, and you have Fire Emblem. Do it. Mm-hmm. Hexmaniac, Tharja, do it. <laughs> Maybe put Tharja into Pokemon, do the opposite. As a Hexmaniac. Eh, I don't think people hmm? would, like, really need that. Like, Pokemon itself is just enough where it's like, hey, new Pokemon came. Mine, I already bought it. And it's like, but you do mm-hmm. the same things over and over again. So what? It's a good fucking game. I love doing things over yeah. and over again. Yeah. I mean, that's, that describes more than just Pokemon, too. So, yeah. And these, some of them even have even less variation. So. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, okay. uh, yeah, there's yeah. not much really going on. Uh, you know, this whole, whole weekend. It's just, I got tomorrow off, and I'm enjoying my time, and Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I cleaned all my bed sheets because it's a brand new month. Wash them once a month because they're nice and clean. And, and I can't wait to go to sleep in them because I don't know if anyone knows, but like clean, uh, sleeping in clean bed sheets, it's like, it's heaven. Like you just crawl into it, it's like, ah, uh, fabric softener. Uh, mm-hmm. You just fall yeah. asleep. It's like, it's like almost like waking up in like a hotel bed where it's like, I don't know where I am, but it's the most comfortable place in the world right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a perfect way to drift off, just in a just a mound of just f- fluff. Yep, <laughs> fluff and cushion. Yep. yep, absolutely. How about uh, how about your week? You got anything for us? Are you enjoying your Scottish yeah, Scottish air? I I do, but I gotta move it especially along because I can tell the next bit's gonna be monstrous. Um, oh yeah. Okay. For, <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah, I was uh, I'm back from Scotland now. I'm actually now in London again. I had one round of golf while I was in Scotland, and it went horribly. I lost so many golf balls. I can't hit the ball straight to save my life. And honestly, you're you're out there playing for about four hours, so you have plenty of time to feel better and mull and how shitty you're playing. That's all I really gotta say about that. <laughs> um, no, nah, um. I don't really think there's much else to report, so I, I'm just going to go straight into community because I know, again, this is going to be monstrous. There's a lot of things to talk about. Luckily, you got the whole thing about the OPs for the podcast out of the way, though, so I don't have to mention it here. Um, there is one comment that I'm not going to read out. None of us is going to read out because it's past the deadline, but um, on episodes 570, there's a new comment by an Oculus Blonde. It's quite lengthy, but, you know, maybe worth reading if you're interested in the whole... Actually, it's related to what we're going to be talking about in the two episodes later um, comments. So, anyway... On a more cheerful note, we have episode 571 Office Romance comments. Two new comments, one of them by Yotaru Vegeta, who says, Andy, if you like comedy that doesn't scream out references, may I interest you in Gintama? Okay, so they, they yell out exact reference they're making, but it's usually one character who's doing that. 
They have different types of jokes and gags in Gintama. So if you like Love is Hard for an Otaku, you'll like Gintama. No, I'm going to take an even bigger step and say, you'll love Gintama. And it's true. I do love the episodes that I've watched of Gintama. I've watched like one or two episodes. It's just a very long series that I'm very interested in getting into, but there's just so much that I don't know where to really start. If I should start at the very beginning or like the best season, whichever that way may be. It's so long, but it's something that I'm very interested in getting into. So yes, I think I would love Gintama as well. I just haven't had any time to, but I, uh, I'll i eventually run out of that. I'll run my mileage on that excuse into the ground. The next comment is actually by um, our, our resident um, host correspondent who's always online here, uh, Innocuous Blonde. So if you could take it away, Innocuous Blonde, and read the comment that you've posted out kindly. Hmm. <clears throat> Let's see here. Uh, would you, would you say that's like ooh ooh or like oh oh? It's ooh ooh. I say ooh ooh. Okay. Yeah. Ooh ooh. A hunting knife is legal in New York State. Smaller scale. I've carried a Swiss Army knife since my teens in upstate New York. So you know there's that. Oh, thank you, Innocuous, for stopping by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. It's always good to have you on on call. In fact, we might hear again from you later. So try not to disconnect this time, okay? Yeah, and you know she uh, visits yeah. because she's actually in upstate New York. You know, she stops by yeah. all the time. She just came in my room just for that moment, just so she could say that. And now she's just leaving now. She's taking yeah, off she's in her Mercedes Benz. So yeah, she's. You'll be enjoying your um long weekend. You know, just hanging out tomorrow with her too. Oh yeah, we're gonna have a great time. We're gonna like. You know, we're going to sip some uh, Southern Breeze iced tea while watching over our our uh, <laughs> our plantation and, you know, talking about uh, the talking about the war on the front against the damn Confederates. Mm. <laughs> yes. So we have more time for the, to do that sort of stuff, I guess. Um <laughs> But moving along, we got the big monstrous one. Now this one, you just uploaded this yesterday, and already 11 comments. It's crazy. I was like, three, then nine, then 11. Uh, the first one's very easy to go through, though. It's just, it's just Yotaru saying, like, is it just me, or did I hear Andy audibly sigh or groan during uh, Joey's intro to the show? Well, uh, yeah, you know, you, you already admit that you've didn't edit it out but to to be honest like i was probably gonna that was gonna bound to happen eventually due to the fact that if you couldn't tell from that episode i was dying so you know that could be a contributing factor now we begin the monsters so yotaro vegeta comes in with while you were reading the forum post about moe actually no this is not the controversial part i was thinking you know uh what would make a good anime or at least an anime that one podcaster would like. A moe anime, but all the characters are part of a yandere harem. When they're not trying to kill the bland MC, they're sitting around talking about him and topics related to him. I'd watch that, instead of the typical moe. And then Midnight Crew seconds that saying, Cute girls doing doing cute murder, what could go wrong? So yeah. And like, then, senpai, then we get... I yeah. love you, senpai. <laughs> and then late at night, it's just like, Senpai, I killed another bitch. She tried to touch you, senpai. And... Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah, I can imagine this, because they're all these different archetypes, but the, the only thing that unites them together is that they're all yandere. So you'll have the deadpan one, you'll have the the um, the sundere, 
Yeah, you have the very astute one, the very like the very like Mm -hmm. I study all the time one, the the very happy one. You'll have the rich Ojo Sama one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have all the different. This is this is (laughs) our idea. Any any artists out there currently listening to it, you can't have it. It's ours. (laughs) It's copyright. Pay us for it if you want it. You can pay us for it. (laughs) Royalties go straight to yeah. Copyright, copyright. Um. Cover it, yes. <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah, no, that actually would, uh, in all honesty, would make a pretty interesting, more, like, Moe show to have an edge to it. As long as it's not done by Studio Doga Kobo, because I think they would make it, they would ruin it if it was by them. But, you know, that's just my own personal gripe with that studio and their Moe blob stuff. And then, okay, here it comes. Yotaru says, wait, 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 Joey. Hold the bloody phone. I feel like there's a bit of hypocrisy there. I think mostly agree with you on the whole lolly debate. I think that between lolly hentai and the real thing, Pedophilia is way, way, way worse. I also agree that if you've drawn stuff keeps offenders from offending, that's a great bonus. However, I can't sit her listening to you call people butthurt and say it's just drawings when you have a visceral reaction to girls and women getting slapped around in anime. It's just drawings, right? What's the big deal? No real women are getting harmed after all. Now, do you want to respond by sure, reading I'll, your I'll comment? I'll read my back? responses. Or, yeah. So I came yeah, in and okay. I said, correct. Which is why I simply just don't watch those anime. I don't actively seek to destroy said anime or call the ones who made such material sick in the head drunks who would slap their wife around were it not for the alternative. I might complain about something, but I don't try to start a social media war because I'm not cool with women being hurt. Yeah. So your stance is like, no matter how uncomfortable that stuff makes you, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be for the police taking it off your hands, which is a totally different thing altogether, right? That's right, what you're getting across. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. And then, then comes in with Midnight Crew, um, who says, "Wait, now I'm confused. Didn't you make a very passionate point some episodes ago about how equality meant women shouldn't expect to not receive violence simply for being women, and that they should take their lumps like anyone else? And now you're saying you're not cool with women getting hurt." I feel like the two views don't quite mesh. Should women be treated differently from men when it comes to violence, or should they not? And then we have a, 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 a another guest um, host come in, Rio, uh, who says, A better question is why the hell is women should get punched too? Your, you first thought, I should probably meant your, your first thought when it comes to equality. Maybe just don't punch anyone. And then Midnight Crew responds with, I told you this was going to be a monster section. Like yep. I said in the comment <laughs> on an earlier video, I'm a pacifist. I really do think no one should get punched, but for me, that doesn't extend to fiction. That anything goes as far as I'm concerned. It's not real, so a creature can do whatever they want. And it's not that this is the first thing that comes to mind in regards to equality. It's just It was simply the topic of discussion right now. Though, as a pacifist, it just strikes me as odd to be totally fine with violent content where one where one sex is the target, but be unsettled with violent content where another sex is target. I've never really made a difference myself. Violence is violence and taking a stand against some violence, but not all just strikes me as kind of a hollow gesture. And then you come in with your response. Yes. You can so go ahead. first I responded to Rio. Rio, my thoughts are this. A guy punches me, I punch back. However, currently if a girl punches me, all I can do is walk away. Equality would have me punch the girl back too. I'm not saying I'd start shit so I can go around advocating to punch women, but don't expect me to not hit back if you try to take it to physical violence. And then I responded to Midnight Crew, Midnight, because I'm not, you're confusing two subjects. 
I don't see or I don't like seeing women hurt emotionally or physically. If I see a girl or a guy hurting another girl, I have almost always intervened. That's a pretty blatant statement for high school. Like that happened a lot. Mm. But if you punch me, I'm going to punch back. Equality and violence are two different things. Right. Actually, you know, that didn't seem like it took as long as I thought it was going to take. Um, yeah. Um, pretty decent responses. Very, I, I guess they kept it very civil, which is good. Thank you for everyone's responses on that. Is there anything else you want to add before I move on? Or uh, It's basically like, if you're trying to think of how, like, somehow I'm getting my wires crossed here. Let me put it like this. The mm. me that was raised by my father... The me that is Joseph, your host of Anime Pulse, I don't like seeing women hurt emotionally or physically. That applies to all forms of media and reality. I just don't like mm-hmm. seeing it. Because I like holding women in a special place. I like seeing them on their pedestals, their high horses. That's fine. But if women, as a whole, are going to advocate that they want to be treated equally, in all aspects of everything, they're going to have mm-hmm. to get off that pedestal, off that high horse, and get down in the mud with us guys. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm I not saying mean. that is like, like as soon as they get down off the horse and be like, now you get punched. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying punch them in the face as soon as they get off. Be like, welcome to the mud. That's basically it. Shake mm-hmm. their hand, say welcome to the mud. This is what it's like. You are now equal. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> right. I mean, you got to take a difference between the being, good mm. with the bad, just like rampant AI puts. Mm. You can't have all the good. You want the benefits of better pay. You want the you want the higher benefits and the you know you want those days off that guys get that the girls aren't for some reason. You also got to mm-hmm. take the bad. But yeah. remember, also, if you want to be completely equal, that means you're going to be sharing that maternity leave with me. Because you're not right. just going to get seven months to your, or seven weeks to yourself. You're going to give me seven weeks as well, too, lady. <laughs> yeah, right. I see what you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so, dialing it back to the anime thing, there's a difference between, like... There's a difference between finding something distasteful and not liking that in the anime you watch and... This the case with Melon Pan situation where they were actually just taking it off and using their legal power to flex and remove his content from him. So like, even if you don't like something other people watch, you can just not watch it. That's just what you do. Um, you don't have to get law enforcement to come in and take away your stuff. So taking it back to that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, so I'm fine yeah. with women being special. I like seeing that. I'm fine holding the door for them, paying for the check, and taking my lumps while they get to hide behind me. That makes me feel fine. But I'm just saying, Uh as a psychological standpoint, as a person who puts on those glasses and pushes them up his nose, well, technically, Mm -hmm. if you want legality, you know, legally speaking, if you want equality, you're gonna have to take the good with the bad. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just being consistent across the board. If you're gonna do it one way or the other, you can't just have it both ways. That's what and then we're all communists. Yeah. The end. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, adding that kind of worms to the political discussion, that that's usually like a nuke that just blows up everything when you add something like that. 
Oh boy. Well, talk we socialism now. End that war that way. <laughs> oh. Oh. Political humor. Yes. Too soon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think it was, what, uh, 50 years ago? Yeah, I think it was fine. They were good. They were probably good. Probably. Okay. Can, so shall we shall we go to the forums? Uh, yes, the forums. What are, is our forum discussion this week? Yes, uh, our forum so- topic this week is subs versus dubs. So this is submitted to us by user, listener, Rampant AI, who says, do you prefer subs or dubs? And the extra thing on top of that is, is there an anime that is exception to your usual preference? That helps add a bit to it. Uh, the first answer comes in from Queen Anoe, who says, I prefer subs over dub. The only thing that I'm okay with watching dubbed are the original Sailor Moon, Ruroni Kenshin, DBZ, and others that I watched dubbed before I discovered subs. This includes pretty much everything I watched on Toonami when I was in middle school. During that time, Toonami started around 3pm PST and would end about around 6pm. So, thank you for that. Next we have Rampant AI. I'm going to try and speed through this one because it's pretty long. Um... Oh wait, I don't even need to read the first part. Speaking for myself, I will say that I usually uh, prefer subtitle to dubbed work, especially when it comes to anime, and there are particularly works that I refuse vehemently to watch as dubbed, most notably Akira Kurosawa's motion pictures. I used to be a purist on this, yet I have not wavered from the aforementioned Kurosawa works. I never will. In recent years, I have begun to take a more careful case-by-case basis on choosing how I watch a translated work. First, I discover that in more than a few cases, subtitles are really, really bad, and while I prefer to hear the tone and delivery by the original Japanese VA, since hopefully there are more in tune with the director's intent of how the characters are acting, if the translation into subtitles was botched, it does not matter. YT is rife with people pointing out how bad some work's subtitles are, it would seem. Uh, Dubbed has gotten really bad over rap over the years, but uh, much of it deservedly so. But in recent years, ADR specialization studios have gotten very sophisticated and pay strong attention to not only faithful translating a title, but adapting its context to better fit the target audience with its little loss as possible to the original meanings. Not all studios and productions, mind you, but ones like ADR fun- directors at Funimation, for example. I have followed a number of directors and lead VAs for some time now, and they do stellar work. Say what you will, but they will... They and some of the studios at Sentai have stepped the game up for dubbing foreign works. Having said that, one one of the trends in anime product, production and distribution, as much as it has been a boon, has uh, shown some serious problems for both subs as well as dubs. Simulcasting. My oldest son has gotten into discussion about subs... Oh. Okay, yeah. I'm going to sum this bit up. Basically, um, the translation can be lower quality when it's, simul- uh, when it's simulcast, but if you don't release it sooner, there's pressure to do that because... That might make people like not be be impatient to be behind uh, the Japanese in order to wait for a longer, um, higher quality dub. Uh, I mean sub. So this might make them go to more unscrupulous, pirated means to get their anime. Basically, just summing that paragraph up. I can't argue with that. The danger there, however, is that with simulcast, many anime fans will not decide to wait. Actually, I just read that part. There's no easy answer, so currently I still prefer subtitle versions of certain works such as Miyazaki and Kurosawa. I might watch a dub of those if the ADR anime one is out, like one I trust, but never before the original. As the most modern anime, I first tend to look for whether it has a good dub, such as the crews of Funimation, particularly if they've lined up uh, clicking. Beard or Sabat or Willingham or Freeman or Bailey, you get the idea. I still prefer the dub now of days, uh, of days for simulcast since those tend to be better vetted by the translators before 
being sent to ADR, and it allows me to better multitask while watching, but if the series is good enough, I've been known to switch to sub because I will put down whatever I happen to be multitasking with to watch a really good story anyway. Again, it depends. Last paragraph. <sighs> there are some anime that are arguably much better as their English dub than the original Japanese sub, even when the Japanese VAs happen to be very good themselves. Cowboy Bebop is one while Koichi Yam- Yamadera did great work as Spike. No other voice comes to mind other than Steve Bloom. No contest. Fullmetal Alchemist, both series, is another example. Even FMA's creator mangaka Hiromo Arakawa said he prefers Funimation's incomparable dub with the legendary Vic Manado in the role of Edward over the Japanese version, despite the stellar performance of the beloved Romy Park in the same role. Thus, I have exceptions upon exceptions now. I can no longer be a purist. Thank you for the short essay. It's good. I give it a B+. Um, You need to make sure you put all your references at the very bottom so that I can cross-check them and make sure that there's no plagiarism. But yes, thank you very much. Very good report, sir. (laughs) Uh, Next is Zaldera. I'm going to really try to cut as much as I can at this. The first one is... The first paragraph is basically just about... um, it's a it's a deep quote about how nothing can be original dub or something like that from mm-hmm. a convention he heard. Um, and then the first one sets the tone. With the technical pedantry out of the way, he prefers anime to be subbed because uh, English voiceover artists just don't seem to match it. You know, he gets a bit of that, that cringe I can understand. You know when like English voice actors try to like put on the very high-pitched voice and imitate the Japanese yep. high-pitched voices? Yeah. It seems a bit out of place and squeaky, you know? Oh, yeah. I can definitely, I can definitely understand where he's coming from when he's mentioning that because that can be really off-putting. So it's kind of better if they come more natural with the voices that they're trying to release. But having said that, there are some dubs that he actually does like and he does prefer over the original Japanese audio tracks. So the examples he gives is uh, Azumanga Dial, for what it's worth. I think the English casted pretty well. Uh, Kira Vincent Davis take on Ayumu Osaka Kasuga. Uh, was charming, but a bit cringeworthy. Translating the Kansai dialect into a southern accent, specifically Houston, as I recall. Jessica Boone does a good job catching Chio's uh, youthfulness, who could also forget Lucy Christians as Yukari Tanizaki, aka Yukari-sensei, who is reminiscent of some crazy teachers I've encountered in my past education. Next is Cowboy Bebop, so it's another popular one. Need no introduction, other character- others have covered this already. Ghost in the Shell standalone co- complex. Um... You know, I'm going to shorten that even further and just, like, bunch of bunch of characters here. Then there's Martian successor Nadesco. Then there's Neon Genesis Evangelion. And then um, he does a side note here. Assuming you're reading this, Andrew, I would like to bring up a language of anime dub track produced in Can Drastically Can Change the Feel of the Characters. Yes, I do agree. Um, something about Spanish dub. I'm trying to really speed this along, so I'm trying to skim. Uh... So he's talking a bit about other dubs, like Cantonese dubs of other shows and stuff, which can be amusing to watch, but just change the feel of the show. I agree, because some of the original Pokemon episodes I watched were Chinese dubbed, actually. Um, And it's a bit about how he watched Doraemon originally in Chinese. On a lighter note, my Hong Kong release of Rebuild Evangelion 3.3 gave me the opportunity to hear what the cast sounds like in Cantonese. Complete with psychobabble. Asuka speaking in a tongue other than her English or Japanese or German for the matter never sounded more weird. Thank you for the very long post. I encourage anybody who is interested in this post to go ahead and read the whole thing. I, I'm trying to save time. And the last post of the day comes in from Gul Shinobi. 
who says, honestly, I like them both equally. Ooh. When I wanted to relax and I don't feel like reading, I will watch the dubbed. But if I want to watch the full experience, then I'll watch it subbed. I don't prefer one over the other, except for the classics like DBZ, Inuyasha, etc. Thank you for that, uh, Go Shinobi. It's a good answer. Refresh. Re what? Uh... Please don't be long. Oh, okay, it's pretty short. Let's go. I definitely- this is Shield Bro, by the way. Uh, I definitely prefer subs to dubs. The only shows I've ever watched with dubs were Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Pantheon Stalking. All pretty good choices. Especially Yu-Gi-Oh for the hilarity to it. Especially the censorship. Um, so yeah. What about you, Joseph? I now, currently, the me now, prefers yep. subtitles. I can't listen to anything anymore in English if it's an anime original. Uh, even uh -huh. stuff that I've listened to in English growing up as a kid, um, Cowboy Bebop, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, uh -huh. uh, Outlaw Star, Full Metal Alchemist, all those Inuyasha, uh, Ranma, all those things I grew up hearing the English voices in. I've gone back oh, yes. to listen to them and it's just like, No. I don't, I don't like it. I, I don't, mm. don't, do not care for it. I do not like, do not want. It and has not I've, aged like wine. I've gone back and listened to them now in Japanese mm -hmm. and I'm like, how have I never heard this? This is the best. This is better. Yes, even Spike <laughs> Spiegel, even Goku, even oh, yeah? Edward Elric, even... You know, even Inuyasha himself, all the voices that I've ever heard growing up as a kid in English were better in Japanese. Mm. So yeah, subs. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay, so subs. Pretty, pretty, quite pure of it now. Subs, basically. subs only. All the way. Right. Yep. Yeah, for me it's a, it's a hit and miss, similar to in the same sort of note to Black Magic, I'd be here all day if I was to like mention the ones that I think are good dubbed and which was a good dubbed. Uh, although the only thing I would add on to it that I don't think has been mentioned is that I, at the moment I'm a little bit like, I'm a bit disillusioned when it comes to dubs given the, the whole debacle, the whole shebang that happened when I watched, um, you know, Demi-chan, uh, English dubbed on the Funimation site because of the whole like, they started putting... Uh, they started adapting. They didn't just translate things and, you know, like, and, you know, localize it. They also started putting political messages into their dub, which started to kind of bother me. Um, that's the only thing I want to add because there's more on this sort of topic to come on if the new segment later. So, yeah, no, um, in general, there are some good dubs. I think, for instance, I think the dub of Bacano is really good. Uh, and the dub of Helsing is pretty good. Crispin Freeman does a really good Alucard. So there are some examples that were really good dubbed. But overall these days, I do just kind of default to subs as well. So yeah, it's the safest thing to go on. Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. Okie yeah. dokie. Then we mm. should probably get into some industry news. And yep. this week, we both have two, so I'll get started with our first here. Uh, I'm sure we've all heard about the poor pay and terrible benefits of working as a 
mangaka in Japan. Yep. Or an artist. Well, uh, erotic manga artist Canned Beef actually took to Twitter recently to describe his work environment's difficult circumstances. Uh-huh. Uh, in an exasperated series of tweets, he said, I want to quit manga and quit living. Oh, Canned Beef said an editorial department would only pay them 80,000 yen, or about $719 a month. Also, the editorial department would not pay anything after rejecting 200 pages of storyboard. The artists further described what they've been, uh, what they be believed, who have been unreasonable demands for a comic market imposed on them by editors. And additionally, Canned Beef mentioned that uh, the pay of 7,000 yen, which is about $63 a page, uh, per page every other month. In the same tweet, the artist said that they could not live on such low pay, so they asked about working for another company to supplement their income. However, editors yeah. told them that they were not allowed and also told them that they were not popular enough to add on work for another magazine at the same company. They said with a laugh that, we're really thankful that Dojinchi is making you more well-known. Oh, but please stop becoming a Dojin punk like that. Hmm. Can be fatted. At any rate, I'm sorry to the people who wanted a compiled book no- volume. This is really tough. I can't draw there. Canned beef. Right. I wonder what he's made in the past. Yeah, then he actually shared a piece of what was rejected. Okay. The artwork that was rejected. And uh, yeah. it's like, I don't know how that could be rejected because that's really that's like that looks good mm. um wanna, i'll post the link yeah, in chat for everyone who wants to see um oh, okay oh oh dear yeah um i think it looks all right yeah, yeah i think that looks good yeah. that look good mm-hmm Perhaps um, it's just not working with like the image the company's going for. He probably could have taken it to a different publisher. I don't know how this these things work, but um, yeah, I see. Oh, it's corned beef, not canned beef. He's called corned beef, right? Uh, no, I, canned beef. Was oh, it called canned beef? Oh, sorry, the Twitter says corned yeah, beef. C a n n e d. Oh, right, okay. Canned beef. Right, he's he goes under corned beef on Twitter. That's weird. All right. Probably because okay. canned beef is taken. Yeah, probably. Everyone's taking these names and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Nicey. So, yeah. Okay. You know, just the industry and the market over there in Japan is not great when you're working as an animator. No. Any creative discipline an, there is tough. artist. Know. No. No, it's not. It's it's a sacrifice to the soul, really. Um, But, you know. You really have to love what you do. You have to love what you do. And, you know, it's from people who love what they do that we also, you know, and I almost, it makes me guilty to say this, but you get some of the best work from people who have that, like, that drive, that, that self-sacrifice to do it. But, you know, it always comes at a cost. Everything great comes at a cost, doesn't it? So. Indeed. Yes. Okay. Speaking of costs, yes. what do you what do you got for us? <laughs> costs. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I got coming is um, just an announcement. Um, for those who are fans of the um, influential magical girl show Madoka Magica, um, there's been a teaser trailer as well as a first poster for the new series that's going to be 
coming out in 2019. It's a PV that's going to be called Magia Record Maho Shoujo Madoka Magica Gaiden. Uh, I think Gaiden in Side Story. And um, so yeah, this is basically in response to when they made this uh, mobile app game for the series. And this anime is apparently a direct adaptation of the app game. So it's sort of like your Freight Grand Order getting your anime. This is now happening to Madoka. Which is interesting, because I know Madoka Magica has also multiple spin-off manga that they could have also just adapted into making another series. But I guess tying anime to smartphone games might be a very smart move these days. Um, So yeah, there's going to be a a teaser trailer. I actually haven't watched it yet. Um, the story apparently revolves around it apparently still has uh, Madoka in it and she's looking for Homura um, blah 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 some girls looking for a sister some illness and there's also apparently a brand new stage production that also is adapted from this as well um, which will be showing in, from August 24th so it's already, it's already up on showing in Tokyo until September 9th so till 7 days from now and then there's a bunch of it's it features a bunch of idol character uh, idol celebrities and stuff that I can't pronounce all their names without embarrassing myself, so I'm gonna skip that. And then the article goes on to just explain what Magical Magica is about. It's basically a magical girl show with a dark twist. You know, this is not your Sailor Moon that you grew up with. There's gonna be some. Well, it's by it's by, it's written by Gen Urobuchi, who's also known in the industry as the Urobucher. So. That gives you a good idea of where yep, this is He going. likes to kill off all of our favorite characters. Exactly. So, you know, you know where this is going when you, when his name's attached to it. But, yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. Announcement. Something to be excited for. I'm definitely looking forward to checking this out when it comes around. Uh, yeah, that's about it. What have you got for your second piece? All right. Well, my second piece here is... Uh bit more lighthearted than the first Good. universal studios japan is actually going to be offering a horror themed hotel room coming up in the fall uh, which is going to be called switches the hotel's newest horror themed room will be available from september the 1st to december the 20th and guests must be at least 15 years old to stay only one of the special rooms is going to be available uh-huh. And the hotel will begin accepting reservations on August 9th. The room can accommodate up to four people, and one night stay will cost you about 85 bucks per person, with breakfast included, which is fucking ridiculously low. Holy shit is that low. Like, a one-night stay in D.C. is like $450 a night. What the fuck is... Breakfast included? 85 bucks? What? <laughs> wow. Come on. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Well, the room will be decked out in creepy decorations, including worn-out curtains, an eerie chest in the room, and will also feature switches inside of the room. Uh, one will have the... The room will have one horror switch that will open the door to the world of fear for guests. <laughs> as it's uh, reportedly being touted. So apparently the room will have a bunch of mysterious switches in it. Press one of them, you're going to get spooked. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, currently the hotel is keeping details on the uh, this year's scares under wraps. So, you know, <laughs> trying to keep things unpleasant for those who show up. Yeah. It's for the frights. I know plenty of people who'd hate this experience, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently it's supposed to be an extremely spooky uh, 
kind of live action esque. Yeah. Oh wait, and this is in, this is no, in Japan, I, right? This is Japan's universe. Yeah, oh. Universal Japan. So you might have like Grudge Girls coming out. Exactly. Of windows, I was gonna say you? if if there's one country that knows how to scare the shit out of you. Oh my god, Japan. It's Japan. And horror, what the fuck. Of course, with me, if I was staying in that room, the grudge curl came out, I'd be like, oh, and I'd just hug her, and she'd be like, I'm suing you, I'm suing you. It's like, <laughs> no, you're not going anywhere. You're staying here. It'll be like a, it'll be like a you movie can't sue anyone when you She'll lift her head out, and she'll have like a cute expression, and then it'll be like, love at first sight. Yeah, it'll be like all mowing, and I'll be like, oh. It'll, it'll do that thing that happens where they get love hearts in their eyes, you know? Yeah, no, it gets all sparkly around them, too. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a love at first sight, and then like I'll come back and be like, I met my wife in Japan. She came out of a TV screen. <laughs> that was weird. Ah, so you got the ring girl in there too. It's I, like, honey, that's like your harem. Say something to him. <laughs> the grudge girl fights the the ring girl over you, so it's like a it's a harem of horror yeah. girls. Actually, that could be like, an actual another like harem anime someone could make. Probably, you know, like here it's my wife, uh, Sada or Kayako. Say hello. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's so cute. <laughs> There's actually subtitles for what she's saying on the screen. Yeah, yeah, on screen it's like she says that, and then it's just like, "I love my husband; he's the best." <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, she's so adorable. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, yeah, that's a that's another thing that people don't know about me. I'm into the horror theme girls. I didn't know that. Oh, the girl yeah. from Fear, Alma. The oh. Kayako and Sadako from The Ring and The Grudge, like, I think they're all adorable. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Wow. Yep. It's just like, if some chick was coming out of my TV screen, I'd be like, I'd be pulling her out, be like, you're coming with me, and she... <laughs> That's why they stay away from me, it's like, don't don't mess with that Joseph character. Oh. He's weird. He likes weird, freaky girls who want to kill him. I see. Okay, interesting. <laughs> well, um... You never know. Maybe no one's tried that approach with them. Maybe they won't kill you if you do that. Who knows? Maybe they just want a yeah. hug. See, that's my whole thing. They just want a hug. <laughs> Every time you run away in fear from them, now just go in there and give them a big old bear hug. Mm-hmm. Don't mind the knife in your side. That's just, you know, it's a, it's a knee-jerk reaction. Just put up with it. Just yeah. a big hug. Eventually, you'll start to feel warm. And it's maybe because you're losing blood and it's, you know, pouring up. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. She's 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 in the afterlife. You'll join her there eventually, anyway. All right. Yeah. So, where's uh, was your last piece of news? Something really, something super happy, right? No. Never. No, it's not. It's hmm. it's a continuation. It's a sequel. It's the Terminator Two of the story from last week, um, in which we talked about a new anime, anime with sarcasm quotes around it, announced by Crunchyroll's in-house development. No, a studio that they founded themselves called Elation. And you know, that released. And today I'm going to just be covering a bit of the backlash around that as well as like the responses. I've forwarded a page that sort of collates a bunch of it together. But it's just interesting to see on all sides what everything everything that's occurred as a result. So basically the first off uh, that we can establish is that the response to this show has not been very positive. We already covered last week that they basically closed down the comment sections for the video itself, as well as the ratings are disabled as well. So that's never a good sign. You know, nobody does that to stuff that gets good, uh, 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 healthy ratings, right? Um, so on one hand, there was that. But then it went further because the other way to gauge whether or not people like or dislike the show would be checking Crunchyroll's official forums, right? So they actually opened up their own forum thread about 
uh, High Guardian Spice, the anime that they announced, and uh, it didn't go very well. In fact, it went so badly that it filled up with 43 pages of people just going complete nuts at each other, basically just, you know, debating politics and stuff, and, like, whether the anime is good or not, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it was all very heated, and it got political and got, you know, as as things do when things get political, things get heated, you know? Uh, but this has resulted in the actual people in charge of the thread shutting it down, so it is now closed due to it. And if you want to get any further sort of ideas as to why, um, why I'd say the response has been bad, is because on that same thread, they actually ran a poll on whether or not, you know, you're excited for this new show or whatever, how you feel about it. Um, 3.1% of the votes said they like it. <laughs> 83.1% said they don't, don't like it, and at best, 29.2% of the people said they don't care. So, that's not a healthy sort of um thing we're looking at. But anyway, Crunchyroll did an official statement coming out saying that, you know, hey, we, um, we kind of accept all the criticisms you have forward with this. And I, I think they kind of took it pretty well, because first they went to... Um, raise uh, to acknowledge the concerns people have because you know if you think about it, people pay six dollars a month for their uh, Crunchyroll subscription, and they're under the impression that this money is going back to the anime industry, you know, um, to help people, you know, to help the people who are, you know, as you mentioned earlier on, being poorly paid, you know, the creators, but they didn't yeah. want that, they didn't like the idea that part of their money is going towards funding just these political cartoons and stuff, you know, um, so in response to this Crunchyroll, you know did whatever they could to just kind of say, hey, no, we are sending a lot of our money over to Japan. They stated that last year they sent over $100 million in royalties to back to Japan, and this continues to grow. Um, however, what might not be so positive, positively received from other people would be the second part in which they said, you know, regarding the originals, they still plan on making them, they're still excited about them, and, you know, um, High Guardian Spies is but the first of a, in a line of anime that they plan on creating in-house so that's not going anywhere um but hey overall not terrible in terms of response because if you think about it they could have went full ea on this and started insulting you know the actual fans and the listeners and stuff or the, the viewers they didn't do anything as bad as something like ea would say so at least there's that although you know people have come out already calling out um crunchyroll and the hypocrisy that you know, you have this trailer that comes out where, like, five seconds of it talked about the plot and about what it's about, and then the rest of it was just about the politics. And yet you went and took down people talking about the politics in your forum thread when all that's all the trailer was about. So it's kind of hypocritical, you know? Yep. What else was there to discuss about in the trailer, you know? So there's that. Not much. It's no. like, like I said before when we talked about this, it's like the... The baseline of the story is just like magical girls going magical school, doing magical things, and it's like okay, yeah, that's it. That that's like uh, that's like a hundred other different shows out there that I that we've seen and are better already. So how about you give us a little more detail instead? They're like, by the way, it's made by Steph. It's like fifty percent female, a hundred percent female in this regard. Also, this is female, female this and female that. Also, like listen to this female talk about these female things that are being discussed nowhere else because they're special. Mm -hmm. And it's like, holy shit, you are just digging your own grave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they are. They really are. 
you know, it's not the fans that brought this into light. You know, they had full... They could have just made the trailer. They could have even just waited till the trailer was ready and never mentioned the production staff, but they had to, like, make this the selling point. So why were people not going to talk about it? But you know the thing that the last point I really want to, like, hammer in right now It's kind of that's kind of worrying? It's how much um, other media sites are sort of spinning the narrative their way and still being like, you know, because what I've told you from earlier on, the stats don't look very good in favor of this, you know. People aren't that excited. But then there's the example of, like, comicbook.com forward slash anime that covered this. And it's, you know, it's very much on the side of this anime being made and stuff, but also being, like, it's it's making up facts by saying, like, oh, yeah, but thankfully, the majority is very supportive of this, you know. So they're trying to paint this this uh, overall, and then they also have like these cherry picked comments below talking about how oh no we all really like this show it's really good and stuff you know but I'm just thinking like you you have to be really having your head buried in your sand in the sand to believe that this is going well for them right now you know so I I guess kind of worries me just seeing these other media sites saying that oh no no it's really good it's really well received and stuff just report what you see and what you can see there's no indication that it's positively being received. You know what is this majority you're talking about? Where's this data? Mm. At least the for at least the actual web page that you know we've we've linked here on the Anime Pulse, um, actually has the the bar that was on the forum thread before it got taken down. You know, and it's not even just comic book. Other websites like the Nerdist also went forward and saying like you know you know the thing that were really perhaps the most intriguing aspect about Alation Studios is how it's a 2D animated series. It's like, well, okay, that's, I guess that's nice. As well as the creative team's devotion to diversity and characters and it's all female writing team. I'm like, wait a second. That's the most intriguing thing about the, the, are you sure? All right. Nothing about the, okay. You're not even going to talk about the image or the, okay. So yeah, at least if they are going to tout and say that this can be labeled under an anime, at least it gives me an excuse to preview it when it comes out, and I won't hold back if it's bad. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm still gonna keep a level of benefit of the doubt that it might be well made, and I'll be fully, I'll retract everything I've said now if it turns out to be. But I'm ninety nine percent certain it's gonna be a piece of shit. I'm pretty safe. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty safe on that. And like, if people are like, "No, no, you're just, you just, you're just digging into it too much. It's not gonna be bad." Like, it's yeah, okay, it's made by a bunch of women who seem a little bit out there, but still, yeah. come on, it's like, okay, yeah. Let me make this a point to all you people out there. Yeah. One of the main writers here is a girl named Kate. Lith. Oh, you're gonna mention her? Yeah, she's quite infamous. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Very infamous because on social media, this main writer of this guardian high high guardian spice anime or cartoon that's coming out on her twitter 98% of the shit you're going to find there is social justice yeah social political topics yeah. and plenty of other politics yep it's yep uh, it's nonstop that so mm-hmm. yeah i believe also she was a writer for yeah, yeah. Uh, marvel comics yep. and worked on things like hellcat which was canceled it because bombed. it had an 81% year-over-year decline in sales. That is garbage. Mm-hmm. They have a garbage writer producing this thing who has known for being way too political about shit. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure what's going to happen here is this going to come out. It's going to get blown out of the fucking water by the people who are on Crunchyroll. And she's trying to. She's probably going to go on Twitter saying, I'm blaming it on all the guys out there. Yeah. Fucking social justice assholes. And it's like... 
Yep. That's not how you want to take things. Mm-hmm. Yep. I already, I already mentioned to you before the show, I'm holding my breath for when suddenly it's all the viewers' fault. It's all the anime community's fault for not making this a success. Mm-hmm. And it's not because you maybe made a bad show. You know. But uh, that's, there's a lot to be worried about going in with this, especially when you mentioned that. Yeah, the Marvel thing didn't work out. I don't even know how they managed to keep getting these positions, to be honest. That's actually really impressive. Must have a good network. But yeah, <laughs> Anime Gate has rampant out. Yep, Anime Gate possibly could be a thing. I hope not. I really hope not. But yeah, we're already starting to see the lack of integrity with journalism and coverage of it. But then again, that was from, what was its name? Comic Book, whatever was it? Comicbook.com or whatever. And, you know, from what I can tell, I remember comic books is quite heavily politicized now as well. So, Anywho, I think that's about yeah. it. Anime? Just looking at the comments <laughs> right. for this, that post was like, holy shit. Huh? Oh, which one? Uh, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what's this oh my god this is this is so bad mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> I'm such an asshole <laughs> you thought that's pretty funny that's, oh my god yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> okay yeah that's I didn't see that Jesus one. Christ that's pretty bad yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Like, the, the one I'm talking about that's kind of, like, gives the false information is this one. And the comments on there that they've got at the bottom are all positive with High Guardian Spice. That's it. Yeah, oh, man, that image, that meme. <laughs> it's pretty good. I saw one that was similar. I, I saw one that was similar to that, actually. I'll send it to you in a bit. We get into it. Yeah, for all of our uh, all of our lo- all of our listeners out there who are like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah, we found an image which is a little degrading? Uh, yeah, it's degrading. It's like it's degrading. top images yeah. of a you know female anime esque orc who is uh, very you know buxom and beautiful and whatnot, and then they cut to a picture of one of the writers who yeah is not no being charitable yes to certain people yeah. yes if we're if we're going to be like uh, looking at it like a stereotypical person is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it just yeah yeah mm-hmm. yep you had yep, to have yep, been yep. there <laughs> yeah let's uh let's get out of that though because that hot water is starting to boil my skin oh yeah yeah it is. you can only have so much exposure to this before you start like developing some sort of un unregistered illness that no one's discovered a cure for yet so yeah definitely go for that indeed but uh yeah so let's let's get into some some our our final hybrid show of the uh of the summer season mm-hmm. and uh since you got two and i got one how about you kick us off with something sure okay um not really much of a, a theme going today, except for the second show, because, you know, usually it's the listener appreciation stuff, but I only got one sort of request left to do. So the first one's just sort of one I thought was worth doing because it's kind of a big, it's kind of a big one. So FLCL, Furikuri, or sometimes called Furikuri, as I've heard, is a franchise referred to likely more than any other anime I've covered in the past. It cannot be described by just one genre tag. 
Originally released as an anime form of six OVAs in the early 2000s by Fully Coolie Production Committee, a coalition between studios Gainax, Production IG, and King Records, the series has received a cult following and was positively received due to its impressive animation, unorthodox storytelling, great soundtrack, amongst many other factors I'm likely missing. No matter where you sit on the fence of whether it's the piece is a genius is a piece of genius or it's pretentious, there's no denying that in the medium of anime, there's nothing quite like Furikuri. And that was kind of the point. Director Kazuya Surumaki stating he tried to quote break the rules end quote of anime production. Anyways, it's made a surprisingly big splash considering its length, and I thought that would be the last of it. But surprise, here I am previewing the wrong season as the next two seasons released in close succession and I have and have very similar subheadings, one being FLCL Progressive and the other one being FLCL Alternative, that I completely fucked up and watched the one episode the first episode that is technically the third season instead. Although also technically technically uh, this show was broadcast first at 12pm April Fool's Day on Toonami with English subs, so it kinda came out first even though it's the third season. Also, from what I can tell, the season is introducing a new set of characters anyways, so being a bit out of order shouldn't really affect that much. Anyways, um, the show starts and I'm immediately thrown back into the furikuri zone. What with the J-Rock music kicking in, the protagonist giving some monologue while these chalkboard squiggles and doodles highlight different subjects on the screen. Giving us different shots of the city and ending on something shooting through the sky at what looks to be a star. Now, the original Furikuri can very much be seen as a coming-of-age story for its protagonist, Naoto, and Alternative seems to be going for something similar, but with some key differences to keep it fresh. Naoto's journey was about the end of one's childhood, as his meeting with Haruko put him on the path to becoming a teenager, while the protagonist of this story is already 17 and on the verge of becoming an adult. So, getting this right out of the way, the main character is a high school girl and her tight-knit circle of three friends, standard Moe Blob setup actually, with the only returning character being the pink-haired alien girl, Haruhara Haruko, which could be disappointing for some, though I don't mind that much so long as there's a story to, uh, to you know, keep a, there's a story to tell, uh, which, speaking of which, the plot... Disappointing for me. Hmm? <laughs> what is it? I, I guess it would be. <laughs> yeah, because you kind of wanted that. Disappointing for me? <laughs> yeah. There's no Naoto. Yes. But, uh, so that's already like a write-off in some, for some cases, but, you know, let's, let's have a look at what we got, you know. So there's the, the, the plot of this episode, which starts with the group of cute girls doing cute things. They meet up in the school lobby, they joke about things in class, and chill on the school roof as, you know, the usual sort of stuff. The The ball starts rolling, however, while the main girl is working a shift at the local noodle shop, and then suddenly Haruko steps in, surprising the other customer, a older gentleman, who also seems to recognise her. During this meeting, Haruko says some things that really gets MC's wheels turning, uh, and... One evening while hanging out with her peeps, they decide as a group to build a large bottle bottle rocket together. Haruko is shown to be observing the group from a distance using some high-tech binoculars when she's approached by the man from the restaurant who starts questioning her about her motives being here, and Haruko being Haruko doesn't give any straight answers. Back with the crew, they have successfully built their rocket, and they agree it lacks the necessary flair to be sent off yet. Next is a musical montage of them designing things in class, going on a day trip and getting supplies, and finally, fully decorating their custom rocket, which does look very impressive, all things considered. 
Things all look good until kinetic bombardment occurs and a large metal rod falls from the sky through the roof of the building and destroys everything. Miraculously, no one dies, but they're not out of the woods yet as the foreign object latches itself onto the sky statue thing and transforms into a monstrosity with a large mouth. Just as MC is about to be eaten, Haruko comes crashing through the window and proper boots her in the head, saving her, and if you know anything about Haruko from her previous showings, then you know that being hit by her may cause some strange growths to come from your forehead, which in this case looks like a little glowing pink flower. The monster grows even larger and Haruko needs a bit more power in order to defeat it, so after introducing herself as a space investigator to the group, she pulls the flower out of MC's head, forming it into a 1967 model Mustang electric guitar. Cue an over-the-top animated action sequence with Haruko fighting the monster while J-Rock plays, and in the aftermath, MC stares at the remains of the group's project sadly, until Haruko returns and says that she should just make it again. Meanwhile, we can see that the man from earlier is in some sort of high-tech facility with screens everywhere, watching the whole thing. And we end off with the four girls on the beach having built a new bottle rocket and then finally managing to launch it. So yeah, that was hard to do justice in just describing the events as with FLCL, the plot is pretty simple but the meat of it comes from the quirky script, the energetic direction, the presentation, which is rather charming as well, not just owed to its animation but due to the music also. It is odd to me that this modern iteration features a cast of girls that I would not would expect to see in something like A Place Further Than the Universe. And heck, even part of the themes about stepping out and doing something when you're youth is present in that show also. So yeah, this pretty much is FLCL meets those sorts of slice of life Moe shows. And you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. The one thing a lot of those shows are lacking is something to keep them interesting, and well, the unorthodox styling and high-octane action sequences in FLCL does the trick alright, I guess. The show is noticeably more modern looking at times to its predecessor, although Production IG have done a great job in still giving it that classic early 2000s anime look to it, which I appreciate having purchased the rights from the franchise from Gainax in 2015. Anyways, I had fun, and you know, beyond all that symbolism that's there, the dialogue to analyze, etc., and all that other stuff that's to Fulikuri, that's one thing I can consistently say about Fulikuri in general. At least it was fun to watch, and suffice it to say, I'll be keeping up with this, but maybe I should also go back and check the actual season 2 as well. Hmm. Just don't see... Anything. So it's like the guy, hmm? you think he's like the original investigator with the giant eyebrows oh, from the first season? I was thinking that, yes. The guy, he's in a facility that looks very similar, and he does he does look like him, but he's not, I don't think he is him. I don't think he is eyebrows. Uh, but he kind of hmm. plays a role. Yeah, and the facility is very similar, so I think it's related, but I don't know if it is actually eyebrows. He does know more than, you know... A normal citizen should, because he's talking to her about N.O. and are you here to look for, you know, the N.O. again and stuff like that. So, you know. He he knows what she's... she know, He knows that, for instance, that Haruko is actually called Raharu, is her real name, and that she's an alien. So... Commander Ama, Amarao was his name. Ah. So there you go. Interesting. Well, so that like may be the only other repeating character in the first one, which would also mean that she showed up like at a way later date too, because if he's like that much older, then mm. you know, maybe like Naoto would actually be kind of 
you know maybe he's like in high school age now which would actually be kind of cool to like yeah. see him like show up and just like riding a scooter carrying a motorcycle or like carrying a guitar and it's like he's all badass now and it's like yeah sup bitches he can really swing that bat you know what i'm saying um yeah yeah uh no that'd be kind of cool i know for a fact that at least um progressive the season the actual season two takes place a few years after the first one at least uh, at least a few years uh i don't know when progressive takes no i don't know when what the hell is this one called alternative i don't know when alternative takes place so it's my it's anyone's guess whether or not this is actually later in the timeline or not but uh hmm. yeah so wait and see I, I will i will go also check out progressive and see what happens in that one as well because that's actually season two and that one's actually finished it actually looks a bit more interesting just because like haruka looks like normal haruka the chicken it uh looks a bit more interesting because she's got the head like earphones long, well yeah, she's got the earphone things, which is weird, and she's also got, like, long, dark black hair. She doesn't look like she's going to have, like, a lesbian relationship with Haruka at all. No. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and and there's also a chance that Takun and uh, Kanti could come back in that one because the blurb mentions them. So Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, also yeah. there's this, like, I've seen images of it, and there's, like, a white uh, girl with, like, white uh, kind of longish hair with, like, a red scar and she's got her own guitar and she seems to be driving around in that cadillac you mentioned so mm. i don't know if she's like at musk or she's conti or like you know what she's supposed to be but you know she's she's in there too yeah okay could it could be a rival could be haruka's arrival or something that we've never met before could be multiple things yeah so, true yeah. true yeah. right but yeah overall at least it still has the high production quality so there's always that Nice, yes. nice. And of course, you mentioned the J-Rock a couple times, so I imagine yeah. the music's pretty kicking. Yeah, you know, if people who know the pillows, um, from what I can tell, I don't know 100% about it with um, if this is the case with Alternative, but pillows did give some of their contributions towards at least the second season. I think there are some of their songs in this one too, in uh, Progressive and Alternative. However, not all of the tracks are handled by the pillows. There are some other tracks that are handled by another record, uh, another record label. So... But it's all in the similar. It's all in the same genre, um, and you'll be able to tell when a pillow song comes on because of the vocalist and such. So, right for fans right. of the music, yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Well, I guess that uh, brings it to my review. Indeed. Yes, uh, and I'll be reviewing "Darling in the Franks" mm. or "Franks." Yes. However you want to say it. So. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, good mecha anime are becoming few and far between these days, with the genre being taken over by countless kid-friendly series with lower-quality stuff. Not that we don't still get our diamonds in the rough, with titles like Aldeno Zero, Heavy Object, and Knights of Sidonia still capturing our attention. And now we have another title to add to that list, Darling in the Franks. A series that I was hesitant to give a shot when I learned it was made by the same studio behind Kill la Kill. And yes, I know, for all intents and purposes, Kill la Kill was very well received, but it wasn't my cup of tea. Hence, the hesitation. Boy, am I glad I got over that fact real quick. <laughs> the series is set on Earth that has been drained of its resources and mostly taken over by a seemingly alien race of biomechanical creatures known as Killosaurs forcing the remnants of humanity to live in mobile fortresses that run on magma energy. 
Defending these moving cities are a bunch of teenagers called Parasites who pilot Moe Mecha known as Franks. The teens are paired up in boy-girl couples, and together, in a rather provocative position, they fight off killosaurs that threaten their homes. That's the gist of it, but believe me when I say that that's only the tip of the iceberg. As is standard, we have a main protagonist who is the ugly duckling of the group, unable to successfully pilot a Franx as he can't establish a good connection with his partner. His name is Hiro. And it would seem that there is already plenty of drama involving him and the rest of his peers. It would seem that he was once held in high regard, but something happened in the past. In addition to his new partnerless status that has ostracized him from the group. Of course, being the odd one out makes him special. Special enough that he attracts the attention of a hot new piece of partner by the name of Zero Two. Together, the two of them pilot the most moe of Franks and defeat many killosaurs. But remember, tip of the iceberg. Mm. You see, Zero Two is a bit of a special case herself. For one, she has horns. For two, she ends up sucking the very life essence out of her partners. However, Hiro is special. And even when he was on death's door, he pushed forward because Zero Two is the perfect fit. Now, I know that might sound a little lewd, but trust me, this anime has, well, full of sexual innuendo. Mm. Which was great for a bunch of teenagers who are going through puberty. And had never really had any talk about the birds and the bees. Quite literally, these kids had no idea what sex is or how reproduction works. Well, at least until they stumble upon a deserted Japanese town and one of them picks up a book about raising a child. This is when things become a bit more frustrating. The drama kicks it up a notch as one pair of the parasites, Kokoro and Futso, or Futsoshi, uh, end up breaking up so that Kokoro can get with uh, Mitsuru and get knocked up. Another pair, Ichigo and Goro, has to deal with Ichigo ignoring uh, Goro a bit too hard and longing a bit too hard for Hiro, ignoring Goro's affection towards her. And even Hiro and Zero Two have a difficult spot as Zero Two is forced to leave Hiro after nearly killing him for a second time, even though they finally regain memories of one another from their childhood. There's a lot of romantically frustrating moments to the point the fans of the series oh, the fans of the series got fed up with Ichigo's ass-headed nature and they actually sent death threats to her voice actress and the studio. And while the act of sending those threats may have been really dumb, mm-hmm. you know an anime is good when it's stirring up enough emotion to cause that kind of response. <laughs> yes, I know it, that's not the best way to look at it, but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Now that we have covered the tip of the iceberg, the anime goes ahead and throws us an Evangelion-esque curveball. Turns out the bad guys are the good guys, those in power are actually hostile aliens playing the long game, and the Franks are actually made out of killosaurs. This is all happening as relationships seem to be settling down, so it really makes you worried about how all this is going to affect them. If there was one thing the series did really well, it was keeping the tension nice and taut the whole way through, right up until the very ending. 
Speaking of which, the ending comes off a bit more like Tempatopa Gorilla-esque, with Hero and Giant Mecha Zero Two going on a long-ass journey into the stars to fight and destroy the aliens on their home planet. There's actually time skips during this part, as we cut back to Earth a few times to see everyone else getting older and growing up and having kids. It's a pretty touching ending, but could have been a bit more satisfying than the cock tease that they show at the very ending. Mm-hmm. The animation is phenomenal, constantly high-tier stuff with some amazing visuals studio trigger and cloverworks teamed up to tackle this one but cloverworks is a brand spanking new studio with only one anime under their belt slow start though trigger is far better known for kill a kill and kitsnaver the voice acting was also superb the chemistry between yuto umera uh, who voiced Hiro, and Haruka Tomatsu, who voiced Zero Two, must have been amazing. <laughs> Never did I feel their affection towards one another were just being played out, which is probably why many otaku got bent out of shape as they did when Ichigo tried to butt in between them. And my favorite pairing, or my favorite couple, my favorite character... <laughs> Yeah, no character, single character in this anime could have been awarded this. That's why I gave it to Hiro and Zero Two. Oh. A super couple who went through a roller coaster of emotions. Mm. They met as children, form a bond that lasted through Hiro's memories being wiped, and still loved one another even after Zero Two becomes a giant bride mecha. Their love is so strong, in fact, that their spirits actually make it back to Earth and are reborn so they can become you know, they can come together once more at the very end. Touching, but still kind of a cock tease of an ending because it's like, just just fulfill on it. Just fulfill on it. Like, you show the characters, you show them as kids again, meeting again under the tree that was the place where they're, the whole thing, like, Zero Two died in, as a statue. Like, come on. <laughs> just Just fulfill on that ending. Mm. But instead, we got what we got, and it's good enough to be a download now. Nice. Nice. Yep. Precise and to the point. It's a pretty damn good mecha anime mm. with some good romantic mm. moments in it and some mm. really strong emotions that will really get you hung up on a few points. And yeah. an ending that could have been a little bit better, yeah, but you I know what? It needs to tell you that, that ending. Um, a lot of people were hung up on it. I thought it was just kind of I just would have to be honest. But. I think okay, they could have done it better like maybe they're holding a festival and we know that um the the two characters, the uh the um the older couple or the older pair, like the dude and the girl, mm-hmm. the instructors. Yeah. They actually talk about that they're both immortal mm-hmm. because they got the juice put in them. Right. So I'm thinking what they could have done is maybe held a festival where those two show up were at the festival and then like they're just like walking around the festival doing la di da kind of stuff and then all of a sudden like one of them like the girl gets bumped into mm-hmm. by a dude who looks like Hiro and she like looks down and she sees like Hiro's holding the hand of this other girl who's zero two and like or like no like she sees Hiro or something like that and like uh, she hears someone like call out darling and like he looks back and he's like coming and like he runs off to this other girl who looks like zero two and it's like 
And like you see her start to tear up and it's like, ah, we get it. Mm. They came back together. Right. Ah, that'd be so, it just been so fucking good. It could have been so good. Uh Uh-huh. But they gave us a cock Would Would that have made it a 10 out of 10 as opposed to a 9.1? Ah. I don't know. Like, there were some other issues. Like, the fucking mm-hmm. emotion and the drama in this got really high. And, like, but too when the drama things. runs that hard yeah. for me, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I get, you know, I still get pretty iffy about drama being and stuff, like, to, a, like, that degree. Yeah. It was good, but it's still drama. And, yeah. you know, and I'll especially say. Especially in the midpoint, the, the, the infamous part, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the whole Bichigo yeah, stuff. Yeah, that oh was like super dramatic stuff. That got me. That even got me upset when I was just like, "This fucking cunt needs to stay out of the relationship." Mm. But seriously, like, like, don't send death threats to no, no, voice never do that. Never in, do that. <laughs> no, studios did nothing to do with it as well. What the heck? Misdirected rage much? You know? <laughs> yeah. Mm. But yeah. Uh, definitely a download now if you want a good mecha anime. Uh, if you like Evangelion, if you like, um, you know, if you like, uh, Gurren Lagann, maybe also give this one a try because it's got themes from both of them in it. Yeah. Okay. See that. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that's a download now. Very good. Um, okay. So should we move on to the last preview? Yeah, indeed. Okay, so closing off this week, summer 2018's last preview is going to be a request called Banana Fish from listener Queen Inoue. Uh, so the show starts in Iraq, as these animes often do, with a group of American soldiers. You know, they're American because they sit around the campfire singing, Oh My Darling Clementine. They look forward to when they can finally get back to the States when suddenly a member of their squad called Griffin comes in, very typical American name, and starts going ape shit with a machine gun, injuring and killing a bunch of his own men before being subdued. He is noticeably not of sound mind, but he's muttering these two words, banana fish, before we're taken to New York City, where a young blonde haired guy called Ash runs into some injured guy in a back alley who hands him a necklace before dying. Ash is distressed by this fact that the people who were chasing after this guy belonged to his very own gang, and he's informed that Dino is the one that ordered this. Dino turns out to be some sort of mob boss or mafia boss, and Ash is established to, as an infamous gang leader who united multiple gangs of various ethnicities in New York despite being as young as 17. The relationship between the two looks to be rather complicated, with Dino stating that he took Ash off the streets when he was younger, while Ash and his gang have done tasks for Dino in the past, yet neither of the two trust each other. The two meetings that the two have during the episodes are always in regards to the man that Ash met in Alloway at the beginning, with Dino wanting the necklace while Ash feigns ignorance seeking seeing the necklace and the white powder within it as a potential clue in curing his brother, who happens to be Griffin, from the beginning of the episode, now in a vegetative state. I can never pronounce that word without doing it slow. So the plot deals a lot in the politics between mafia organizations and gangs, with Ash as the... Uh, as an anchor through which we see uh, how he has to deal with those close to him, but also how he's also created many enemies on all sides with plenty of uh, plenty of wanting to take him down a peg. 
Meanwhile, the B, the B plot kicks in, which is centered around a 19 year old Japanese journalist, Eiji, in training who has come to the Big Apple in order to interview gangs, more specifically Ash. The two meet at a bar, which appears to be the main hub for Ash's gang, and oddly enough, you can already see a connection forming between the, the two from the moment Eiji asks to see Ash's gun. Now, Ash whips it out, and Eiji remarks how, how it feels to hold, which it impresses Skip, the boy that Ash is looking after, as apparently Ash never lets anyone touch his gun. Uh, the last guy that tried to touch it had his fingers blown off, um, which was a drunk guy. This is all pleasant and good and awesome and all that shit, but it's time for some real action and some hostile men break in and surprisingly well-animated fight starts, with Eiji and Skip taking refuge behind a bar while being forced to flee through a secret exit, which turns out to be a trap laid by Ash's enemies. Um, in an other gang, as well as a mafia goon who's teamed up with him. That doesn't like him very much as well. Um, the climax ends with AG and Skip being driven away as hostages as Ash gives chase on a motorcycle, potentially being lured into a trap. So, thoughts, thoughts. The first thing that rather struck me when I was watching this anime was that despite it being very clean uh, and modern, fresh, the art style felt very classic. It had a touch of Akira, a bit of Grave of the Fireflies, and a bit of Legend of the Galactic Heroes on top, and this turned out to be explainable from the source material being actually from 1985. I didn't realise it was such an old source. It's a manga. It was actually quite refreshing to see such an old anime, you know, visual aesthetic being done in a modern time, even more so than the more recent remake that they did with uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes as well last season. Um, like I said, the action was surprisingly well well done, and you know there's a lot of intrigue in the show. Um, you do get a lot of uh, characterization around Ash in this episode, with a little bit there for Ag, but most of it so far has been about Ash and his scenario and the sort of life he leads. And I think in that terms, in terms of characterization, it's been pretty good. And again, we want to know what exactly this whole banana fish leads to because um, it's it's hinted at that it's a reference to a song. In which, or is it a book? It's, I think it's a book. In which, the banana fish is apparently something that if you see in the sea, it'll make you want to die. So it's code for something. But you know, we don't know exactly what it means just yet. So there's that, and you know what this drug thing is all about, what it all means, where the action's gonna go. And like I said, the action is surprisingly well animated. It's brought to us by um, Studio Mappa, who have made such good-looking shows as um, Punchline. Uh, Kakigurui, um, Yaoi on Fire, Zankyo no Terror, amongst other shows. Uh, they've, they've made quite a lot of good looking shows in the past, so they have the potential. And um, and overall, the voice work was also pretty good. I did think that this was a trap initially, which is one of the reasons why I wasn't going to initially watch the show until I was requested to, to preview it. Because um, there's been past shows in the past where... I've seen this sort of setup with gangs, and then I watched it, and it's basically just kind of like softcore yaoi. It wasn't so apparent here, but from the sounds of things, when you were looking up images, it maybe does become that. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. As it is right now, I think it's uh, it's a good show. I think it was alright. I liked the way it was directed, and I think uh, it had a lot of taste to it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep on watching it. Probably not in a rush, but yeah, I think I'll I think I'll keep on watching it for now. See where it goes. It, it felt very classic. So, yep, gets my endorsement. Come on, man. Hmm? You got innuendos in there by the dozen, like gun whips it out, 
touches his gun. Other dude touched his gun, got his fingers pulled up. No one else gets to touch his gun. <laughs> yes, I uh, I may have did that on purpose, but... Gee, I wonder what his gun could symbolize. Oh, it's probably... It probably symbolizes his, um... His crippling uh, social anxiety. Yeah, that's it. Nothing else. No, oh, nothing yeah, else. It's more symbolic. Yeah. 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 Whew. Well, I think people are, are still okay with the outro of the anime, so I'll still leave that in, so you're probably hearing uh, Nikomimi Road right now. Nikomimi? Yeah, I, 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 I like it. It has that yeah. classic feel, because, like, you know. Yeah, it's also, like, it's an Anime Pulse original. It's been around since Ichigo. In fact, I got that file that is playing currently from Ichigo. So there we go. It's, a, it's an heirloom, yes. a memento, shall we say. He's not dead. Maybe I shouldn't say Momento. He's not dead. <laughs> no, no, he's still around. No. Yeah. So. I guess uh, that does it. And so, until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong. <laughs>